This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 134, 11 Tips for Better Connection with Your Spouse, part two. We are Becky Higgins and Becky Proudfit, and we're here today to bring you the second part of this valuable conversation that we started with episode 133. So let's keep going and let's hear the rest of these tips for being better connected with your spouse. Number four is stay curious about your spouse. Higgins just told us she's been married, what, 26 years. Mm -hmm. I've been married 18 years. Okay. There are times when I feel like I know my spouse better than he knows himself, or I can predict, oh, this is what he's going to say if this, this, and this happens. That is the most condescending thing you can possibly do to a human being. Say, oh, I know them better than, no, you need to stay curious about your spouse. I love that. And keep learning about your spouse. One of the things Taylor and I work on, because this is something, honestly, and I share this because Taylor would love me to share it. One of the things that makes us laugh, but actually used to really make me angry, is he used to finish my sentences. Oh. And I think he thought it was cute. That's funny. And I was like, that is, and finally one day I was like, I need you to know that you're wrong 90% of the time, and it is so condescending that you think that my thoughts are negated by your expectations. Like, I Hmm. love you, and that feels very condescending to me. So how about you just listen to what I say Hmm. and stop expecting. Like, don't make assumptions about me. Because here's the thing, Beck, over 26 years of marriage, have you changed at all? Uh, I sure the heck hope so. Has David changed at all? (laughs) I sure the heck hope so. Right? We're two evolving evolving. autonomous individuals. So to say that you have finished knowing your spouse or you know what they're going to say or they would respond like this, it's actually really condescending. And so staying curious leaves you that space to like learn and almost to a certain degree, like fall in love again with the the person that's presented before you that day. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you're going to end up stifling each other Mm -hmm. and that feels yucky. And I love learning things. Like it surprises me in the most delightful way after this many years. That's a Mary Poppins thing. In the most delightful (laughs) way. Thank you, Mary. Thank you for that. (laughs) But it is delightful when I realize things about David that I hadn't, it just never It may not be new information, but it's Mm -hmm. a new way of connecting dots on who he is at his core, especially when it ties back to his past Mm -hmm. that I just never like had that ding moment before. And that to me is the continual learning. And I love those moments. Oh, totally. And I love when he helps me discover those moments about, you know, those things Mm -hmm. about myself and it's both ways. Because here's the thing. If you don't evolve together, you're going to separate. And if you stifle each other's evolution, you're going to die inside and there's going to be resentment and it's not going to go well. Let's it's going to kill your marriage. You yeah. don't want to kill your marriage. Marriage mm-hmm. is flipping awesome. Yeah. It's so great. And also hard and also wonderful. <laughs> and also a perfect school of learning about yourself yeah. and about how to actually love other people. Yeah. It's kind of remarkable. It is. So stay curious about your spouse. The other thing that this does is it allows growth. Like, I don't want to be married to someone that hasn't changed over 18 years. Oh, yeah. That sounds yucky. Right? Or, you know... I'm going to just, I mean, I know this is going to shock you. So just, I mean, don't like crash your car as you hear this, but I probably wasn't that good of a spouse in the beginning. Yeah, (laughs) it's true. And he probably wasn't either. We had all the love for each other and all the, all the willingness in the world, but we didn't have the tools to like really love each other the way we needed to. Right. I think most 
Of all, course. All married couples right? can vouch for that. Right? And you look back at those first few years right. and you're like, man. What were we doing? Like past the honeymoon <laughs> page, you're like, that got, that got dicey for a minute. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Here's the thing. I am so glad that my spouse has allowed me to change and evolve and to be honest, to become better. I want to be given the space to become better. And you have to give your spouse the space and almost the trust and, and, um, expectation that they can mm-hmm. when you expect, you know, how they're going to do or, or maybe, maybe a hundred times if David didn't clean up the dishes for you to go to bed with a thought like, well, he's not going to do that. He never has before. Doesn't leave him open to feeling like he can do that. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? You start mm-hmm. to manifest things in your life because of the expectations and mostly unspoken expectations and thoughts you place upon your spouse. Sure. Don't do that. Mm. That's dumb. Okay. Number five. This is a big one. Okay. Are you ready? My pen is in my hand. Okay. You know I'm taking notes. Recognize that it is not your spouse's job to fulfill you. Oh, yeah. Okay. And also, side note, they can't. Mm-hmm. No matter what you've conjured up in your head, that I'll be happy when, I'll feel loved when, no. No, my sweet friend. Like, your spouse's job is not to make you feel self-worth. Your spouse's job is not to fulfill you or to, um, to do any of the things maybe you're waiting for them to do. Okay. Do you know who has to do that? Um, wild guess me, you correct. Mm -hmm. Well done. Gold star. Thank you. You, you're responsible for that to place expectations of fulfillment on someone you love is mean. (laughs) right and we see this a lot with spouses and to be honest and this was maybe in another earlier part of my life we sometimes do this to our kids too like it's your job to make me feel good about myself it's your job through your actions and your success to make me feel good about what I'm doing it's not good guys don't and it doesn't work I mean sadly it does not work well there's nothing they can do to make you feel truly fulfilled I was just thinking and imagining, like, I think when there are expectations like that, it's always going to be unspoken. I don't think anyone says to the spouse, Hey, just so you know, it's your job to make me happy. It is your job, right? Like My I, sole happiness in life and self-worth relies on how you act. So you better, you better get it down. <laughs> and so when you, when you vocalize it, it sounds silly, right? Cause you're like, nobody would actually say Which that. Which is yet. the power of vocalization. Totally. By the way. Totally. So if you were being honest and if your honest thoughts were, it is up to my spouse to bring me joy, mm-hmm. to make me happy, to make me feel fulfilled then verbalizing it would sound ridiculous. I was just imagining if David came to me and said, so I just want to make sure that we're clear. I, you are the only way that I will feel fulfilled, Mm -hmm. happy, enjoy, whatever, fill in the blank. I would be (laughs) terrified. (laughs) Uh, I would be terrified and I would be instantly exhausted and defeated and wait, what? Right. How is this my job? Right. I, what, you know, like it just doesn't feel good. It feels wrong because it is wrong. Exactly. It's not up to another human being to satisfy the needs of another human being in terms of fulfillment and happiness and joy. Like we have to get this honed in. We have to figure out what that looks like for ourselves. And yes, a hundred percent marriage is for a reason and we need each other. And Becky and I both believe so strongly in a good, healthy marriage and mm-hmm. working toward that. No one has a perfect marriage, but working toward that as best as you can, right? Um, and also, you are two autonomous people who are going to have totally unique and different needs and 
desires and goals and dreams and all the things. And so it just can't, I just, I I emphatically agree with you. It cannot be Mm -hmm. on anyone's shoulders to provide that for someone else. Well, and by the way, when you get in that place of like loathing and expectation of like, you need to fulfill me and it, there's nothing more attractive than someone who stay, for me anyways, than, than someone who stays stuck in like self-loathing and is taking no personal accountability. Nothing more unattractive. Unattractive. Yeah. Did I say attractive? I think. Oh, maybe. Well, yeah. That's anyway. yucky. Yucky, yucky. There, that would be very unattractive to me if my spouse was like, help me. Mm-hmm. Like that would be, if they weren't putting in the work themselves, I am here to support. I'm here to do all the things that way, but it is not my responsibility. Right. Right. Yep. And it's almost like you read my mind because number six is unvoiced expectations are not fair and they will kill your marriage. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then I put, um, this is something I say to my kids a lot. You know, I might have some headstrong children. I don't know where they get it from. (laughs) I don't know what is happening, but I say to them in interactions with each other, you get to be right or you get to have connection, but you don't get both. Okay, so what's more important Mm. to you, being right or being connected? And I'll add another one for marriage that says, you get to be resentful or you get to be connected, but you don't get to be both. Hmm. So which one is more important to you? Which goes back to two. What do you really want? Right. Do you really want to be resentful? Is that your goal? Probably not, unless you're a masochist. I don't think anyone really wants or chooses unhappiness, right? But know that if you're choosing resentfulness you are making the choice to not be connected. Yeah. Which is hard. That stinks. Okay. Mm -hmm. Why is it so important that we voice our expectations? Okay. When I used to have that, um, thought in early marriage, I have given my husband all the cues, all the cues to let him know that I'm suffering and he must bring me flowers of a peony type nature today. And he (laughs) couldn't do that. Do you know why he couldn't do that? He didn't have a clue. He is not in fact a mind reader. Okay. Weird. Right? (laughs) People don't read minds in that way. And so um, hopefully, you know, after you've been married a long time, you can get a little bit more in tune with each other's cues. But what's easier is just voicing your expectations. Mm -hmm. So I listened to this series that is from John Lund and Taylor and I, it's, it's like on CD, but it's called For All Eternity. And it's like this great marriage just class. Okay. Hmm. And someone bought it for us when we got married and we listened to it probably every couple years because it's super funny and it's like communication 101 for marriage. And in, in this, um, this CD collection, John is giving us the, um, the example of him and his wife on a road trip, which is something Taylor and I actually really love doing. So they're on a road trip and his wife is in the seat and saying like, man, Oh, it's Ben. I'm thirsty. Are you thirsty, John? Mm. And she's dropping all these hints about how thirsty she is. And he's like, <laughs> no, I'm great. Um, Thanks is there asking. any water bottles in the car? Yeah. And she sits there seething for like an hour and finally <laughs> turns to her husband and says, I can't believe that you didn't pull off and go to the gas station and get me the Diet Coke that I was wanting. I told you I was thirsty. And John's like, what? I, you were asking if I was thirsty. Like, I don't even understand what you're talking about. And so his, his, totally see right? that happening. his illustration with that is, he, and this goes back to creating a roadmap for your spouse. Okay. Ready? Are you ready guys? This is, this is going to be life changing. If you're in a car and you're thinking I'm thirsty and want a diet Coke and there's a gas station, you ready? Here's what you do. What is it? Honey, 
I'm really thirsty and I'd like a Diet Coke. Could you pull off at the gas station and get me one? Can you imagine? Because you know what your spouse is thinking when you do that, when you give very clear expectations. Oh my gosh, I know an active service to do for them that's going to be meaningful. Well, they feel like a hero. They feel like a hero. You have given them a roadmap to meet your needs. Seriously. You feel good because your needs are, needs are met, and they feel good because they were able to meet your needs. Yeah, because okay? they want to, by the way. Remember they do that. want to, and that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of like the first thought to change. Assume your spouse wants to meet your needs mm-hmm. and doesn't know how. Yeah. They have no map because we are complex and very frustrating human beings, right? You need to build them the roadmap. And going back to one, you need to throw notions of romance. Mind reading is a lie. It doesn't happen. It's not effective. And people don't do that. No one's reading your mind. So if you think this mind reading kind of like, he needs to bring me peonies because I dropped all the right hints and he's going to get it. And if he doesn't, it means he doesn't really love me. And what is my life? It's a sham. That is such nonsense. You guys, the romance is when he pulls off to the gas station gets out of the car and gets you what you've asked him for. So do you know how I get flowers now? You ask. No, I literally will be like, today would be a really great day to bring me some flowers. Period. The end. Period. And you know what he does? Brings you flowers? He brings me flowers. It's magic. It's magic. (laughs) And I will say, after now doing this, which this whole thing with flowers started because we listened to it, and I felt like finally someone was telling me that I had the permission to let go of all these romantic expectations Mm -hmm. and just ask for what I need. I get flowers when I need flowers. And now, 10 years later, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes I get flowers just because. That is amazing. It is amazing. And every time he does it, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I'm getting flowers. I'm getting the flowers. Well, and I think that some might have a thought around that of, yeah, and that's nice, but it feels awkward that if I'm asking specifically for what I need, that he really doesn't understand me at all. And that's the point that you're trying to make. Right. And I fully agree with is, why would you expect anyone to know everything that's going on in your head? Just mm-hmm. because it's been on repeat for 17 years or 35 years or two years doesn't yes. mean that he's going to totally connect the dots, he or she. Like mm-hmm. I know we've got men listeners as well. But your spouse is not going to always know and be able to be completely dialed in because, by the way, P.S., you're also an evolving human. Right. And your needs aren't always going to be consistent. Flowers one day... Hug the next day. Because it goes back to what I'm talking about Holding too. my hand the next day. Right? Like it could be different. What do you actually what want? What do you need right now? Flowers are the vehicle that I have chosen. That means my husband is thinking about me during the day. Uh-huh. That he is thinking about me outside of the time he is with me. Mm-hmm. So what I'm wanting is um, him thinking, knowing that I am on his mind in times when he's not in my presence. Okay? Mm-hmm. The vehicle I decided to attach to that value was flowers. Mm -hmm. Once I shared that narrative, once I gave him the instruction of how, because here's the thing, I'm certain that he was doing things during his day to show me that he was thinking about me. That wasn't flowers, but because flowers was what I attached to it. Mm. I had to tell him like, well, I want this and then do this and I'll feel this. Mm. And that works. Like it totally works. And good thing. I still like flowers. Good thing. Cause I do. I really do like them a lot. This is so good to know. It really is. <laughs> so I've what, never taken you flowers. No, you don't need to because Taylor does. But, well, because there's another little caveat too. I give too. you gold stars. The gold stars are my... I know. Words of affirmation are my love language. <laughs> from, uh, from, from you anyways. But um, the other thing with flowers is, is he would start to get me flowers 
Oh, guys, this is so embarrassing to admit. I'm like kind of, I'm feeling a little shame right go, now. Go. So let's, let's do, do this. It. Okay. When he started catching on and I was, well, catching on, not catching on. When I was very direct and clear, he used to bring me, <laughs> this is so embarrassing. He used to bring me the ugliest flowers. So he would go to the store and like pick the cheapest flowers or like the daisies sprayed with neon green paint or something, <laughs> oh, no. which was almost more offensive to me. Cause right. I'm like, if you think I'm a girl who appreciates a neon green daisy, <laughs> Like you can just leave. You can just leave right now. And so even inside of that like expectation, then we had to talk about like the kind. So then when no, okay, I'm gonna be really honest. Ah, Okay, (laughs) he brought those home one day, and I like literally lost it on him. I was like, I can't believe. I mean, how cruel. I was such a jerk. So I was like. I can't believe that th- you picked the cheapest gas station flowers you could find. Like you couldn't put a little more effort into it. <laughs> okay. So then the next time, oh, guys, that's so mean. Oh, I like my heart is breaking for him. No. Then the next time you figure out, he brought, he had sent to me like a dozen roses in a vase, okay. which, you know, when they're delivered costs like $1.2 million or something ridiculous. <laughs> right. So then I was like, Taylor, why would you spend that much money on flowers? Mm-hmm. And so I even had to break down what I wanted into a subcategory oh of like the best bet for your flowers is always going to be Costco, the $14.99 seasonal bouquet because it's always beautiful. It's on the right <laughs> price point. You guys, this is the reality of marriage. Like I'm trying to give you the real picture of what it's really like. Like in order to get what you want, you need to break it down. Be specific. Don't be unkind when they bring you neon green daisies and probably be a brat like I was. But you can totally get what you want if you ask for it. Mm. Like just ask for mm-hmm. it, you guys. Oh, okay. that's good. That's good. Thank you for your vulnerability. I know. That's so embarrassing because that was it. really a dark a dark moment in my marriage and it was ugh, I, it's like one of those things where I feel like I was really mean to him and I just ah I love you honey I'm so sorry <laughs> so sorry that I did that okay um number seven is don't project how you receive love onto them okay so there's a lot of really great books that you can read one of them Becky's kind of referenced which is the five love languages by Gary Chapman and I'm just going to quickly give you the five love languages that you learn about in there. If you're interested, you can read that book. Um, it's words of affirmation, which is definitely mine. Um, quality time, acts of service, gifts, and physical touch. I mean, I really like all of them. I like all of them. But like yeah. words of affirmation is really my like, mm-hmm. my real love language. Okay. That is how I receive love. Now, here's the thing. If Taylor is a physical touch person and I try to give him words of affirmation... He might like the words of affirmation, but what he really needs to feel is physical touch, right? The key in this is that, how do I say this? Your love languages are likely going to be different. And even if you can't possibly relate to the way that they receive love or want to receive love, like if it's a flavor different than yours... And you just, you, you think that mm-hmm. you're going to be able to beat it in their head that actually words of informa- uh, of affirmation, like in the example mm-hmm. you're giving, surely the more I give him words of affirmation, he'll start feeling like how great and wonderful that feels. Mm-hmm. It's not our job to impose on our spouse right. what we think is the right kind of way to receive love. That's a perfect articulation of that, the right way to receive love. There's no right or wrong way, you guys. There's your way and there's their way, Mm -hmm. right? And here's the thing too. Sometimes in an effort to not be honest because we feel like it's not romantic to be honest, 
biggest lie in marriage. Honesty is the most romantic thing you can ever give your spouse. Um, we will give them what we want in return. So instead of saying to him, okay, my love language is words of affirmation. Let me show you what that means. I love when you um, tell me I've done a good job or you notice something about me and you say it out loud. And with Taylor, I, you know, back in the beginning when I learned this about myself, because let's be honest, I didn't even know that about myself. Sure. So how is he supposed to figure it out if I don't even know it? Right. And then, he, you know, when he sends me a text or because he knows that's my love language, I will say, it means so much. Thank you for those words of affirmation. I like confirm to him. Yes, that was a word of affirmation. And I received that. Do you get what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. It's validation. When you validate that those acts and mm-hmm. those efforts they're more inclined to do more of it. And so if your spouse, when they do have those moments of meeting your needs, even if they're few and far between as you're figuring this out, to say, to just stop and say, thank you for that. That really meant a lot to me. That's a verbal cue that they're going to remember like, oh, when I do that, she feels this. Right. When I do that, she feels love. Totally. Okay. Here's what you don't want to do. What? You don't want to not vocalize what you need. And then start giving, we'll just use words of affirmation, start giving your spouse words of affirmation and hoping that they pick up that that's what you actually mm. need. So that's a big one. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's a like, very good point. And, and I think, you know, a, a lot of husband, physical touch is a very, co- like, mm-hmm. biologically more male thing than female, honestly. Again, over generalizations, but um, if, if your spouse was doing physical touch to make you feel loved and that's not how you received loved, how would that physical touch feel to you? Right. Do you get what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You cannot project your the way that you receive love onto your spouse. It just doesn't work. Right. And it doesn't leave you open to actually receive the love they're trying to give you. Good points. And who wants to leave love on the table? Not me. Mm-hmm. I want to soak it all in. Okay. Number eight. And this one was actually from Taylor. Okay. Ooh, go Taylor. He said, don't underestimate the power of a good walk. Oh. Let me give you some oh, context. Yeah. Uh-huh. So Taylor and I have four children. For very, very active, very, very type A, very, very amazing, strong, wonderful children. We have a very dynamic family and it is very busy. There's a lot to do. And it's not just that we have a lot to do like, oh, our kids are in tons of activities. It's just, it's just a lot all the time. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of laughter and food and cooking and all these things. But by the end of the day, Taylor and I are tired. Like if I left all my husband connecting time to the end of the day, like Taylor has literally fallen asleep mid-sentence talking to me (laughs) or like he's saying something and I fall asleep like Mm -hmm. this is a regular occurrence if we waited for our emotional connection to be in bed we would be divorced because it would never happen like we're just tired at the end of the day because we're in the thick of life the best robust wonderful life ever but like that's just not the time so Taylor and I one of the things during COVID you know I've mentioned this before is we kind of when those barriers in the time when there was nothing going on were taken away, we were like, wow, we really need to connect. Like we need to spend more time connecting. And so one of the things that we came up with way back then, you know, we do the weekly five K's and actually I haven't told you this yet. So Taylor and I tried to start taking a walk together one morning a week. Mm -hmm. So we get up at 7am and do a five K together. And he was supporting me in my goal, which felt good. And we got to talk Mm -hmm. like we just walk and we talk and we walk and we talk and there's something about doing a physical activity that like takes the pressure off of like having awkward conversations like you can say things you wouldn't otherwise say when you're walking because there's also something else to like occupy the space and also physical movement tends to breed 
yeah. um, verbalization of thoughts. Right. And you have all the good dopamine and endorphins yeah. happening. When yeah, it's you're... all good. So that is one thing Taylor and I have incorporated into our life is trying to walk together once a week. I like it. Do we silently laugh at ourselves that now we're the people that watch History Channel at night and take walks in the morning? <laughs> yeah, we're definitely heading towards senior citizenship. And quite honestly, I couldn't be happier. I love it. Oh, right. But um, so you know that Becky and I both do the one 5K a week, and we've been doing it strong for a long time. So this year in 2021, Taylor and I have a goal of – I still do my personal autonomous goal of 5K, but we have a goal of doing a 5K together as a couple – every week. Wonderful. So going back to goal setting, I we're now adding a new goal on top of last year's goal because mm-hmm. now that goal is a habit mm-hmm. and now we've added on the new one. So our Love goal it. is to do the 5k together, hiking, walking, however we want to do it as a couple. So don't underestimate the power of a good walk. I if you're it. feeling disconnected, just mm. take your spouse for a little walk. Mm. Love it. I think you and David should join us. Oh, we, and we have, you know, in the past Lots a few times. times, that's always a good time. Yeah. Um, but I agree with that. I want to, I want to just give a little shout out to my parents who are in their seventies and literally go walking every day. And usually at least a couple of miles, they have a little towpath in their community. It is at this time in the dead of winter, they just got dumped on with tons of snow and they're still doing that every day. Way to go Vicki and Wayne. That's amazing. And I really, David and I have always admired that, that they are, they look for those opportunities to go on walks. Like we've Mm -hmm. always thought it was the most adorable thing, but really think about what that does to any marriage. If you are... If you're walking, you're not on your phone. I mean, for the most part, right? Mm-hmm. Like some people, if you're walking alone, like it would I, be rude to have your AirPods in while yes. you're walking with like, your spouse. You're not going to do work. that. Yeah. <laughs> when you're moving, like I was saying earlier, it invokes, it almost invokes these, these thoughts to come to the surface for articulation mm-hmm. to actually happen. And it just gives you that space. We're big fans of space around here. It gives you the space in a day, no matter which time of day to have that connection. How does that not help a relationship? Right. Right. So I, good, good for Taylor throwing that in there. And and to be honest for him, it's probably much more of a sacrifice carving out that time in the beginning of his day, but that's a sacrifice he's doing for me. You know, Mm -hmm. that goes back to the quality time. Right. And to me, what a loving act that he's, that he's making that a priority, um, so that he can connect with me. I love it. And I'm going to be honest. I'm, I know this is a shock, but I'm much more vocally, robust than my husband is and so a lot of times it's a lot of him listening and a lot of me talking sure it's just it's wonderful we love it that's great and he feels great because I feel loved yeah and everyone feels happy he's a hero he is a hero exactly that's the thing Becca I love that you said that and I think Tamara Fackrell talks about this a lot too is your husband wants to be a hero. You want to be a hero for your spouse. Um, I want to be a hero. Amen. Like, we want to be I, a hero I, for I each other. I just need to yeah. know how. I right. need to know how you need me to be the hero. Yes. Okay? Yes. All right. So number nine is assume the best. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because here's a question I have for you. Even if you assume the worst and you're correct, is that really productive? Nope. Okay. This goes back to... It's not just the words that come out of our mouth, but it's the thoughts we have in our head that also translate nonverbal communication. If you're having nasty, resentful thoughts, if you're having, if you're assuming the worst, you can literally bring those things to pass by, by those unspoken expectations or those unspoken assumptions. It doesn't serve anyone. It doesn't. And if mm-hmm. it doesn't bring you closer to happiness, cause here's the thing, say that your spouse, okay, let's, let's say the dishes thing. Say you woke up and the dishes weren't done. Okay. Okay. You could choose to have the thought, 
I know I knew David wasn't going to do that. Mm-hmm. I knew he wasn't going to do the dishes. Mm-hmm. Or you could choose to have the thought, well, of course David had a lot of other projects going on, and I'm really grateful he did that. Mm-hmm. So both, it's not that one is true and one is false. Which one's more productive? Right. Right. Which one actually makes you grow in love for your spouse, right, and brings you closer to your desired goal? Mm-hmm. Because going back to you can be right or you can be connected, but you probably can't be both. So yeah. which do you want? What is your end goal, right? Don't do things that aren't productive, even if it, you're justified in it. You can be justified in being right and bring things into your life that are not what you want. Justification is not your goal. Connection is. Mm. Okay? Number 10 is don't overemphasize holidays. Mm. Because... Honestly, you can put a lot of commercialized expectations on someone and it can be a huge source of sadness and contention. And this goes right along with don't yeah. compare your holiday experience or your romantic experience to someone else's. Yeah. Okay. I guarantee if we all had all of our cards on the table, we would choose our pile of stuff a <laughs> hundred times over than we would choose someone else's. Okay. So don't overemphasize or place too much importance on how your spouse shows up on Valentine's Day or Christmas or birthdays. I'm telling you, this was a real sticky point in our early marriage. Like I needed to understand why I needed certain things to happen on holidays and like get right in the head with what I actually wanted and then communicate that. But like don't overemphasize. If your spouse has a tough, I'll give you an example. Taylor and I, when we were first dating, so one of the things my mom did really well as our birthdays were like a huge deal in our house. Like it was like a big deal. I just assumed everyone else's was the same. Mm. Like the bare minimum would be like a party, super awesome decorations and a cake. And that was like bare minimum. Like, of course you're not an animal. Why wouldn't you do that? Right. Right. It's birthday. So my first birthday when I was dating Taylor and I had kind of told him like dropped what I thought were obvious, probably were very subtle hints about birthdays and how important they were to me. So it's finals time. My birthday is in April. He's at like study sessions all day and working really hard to get good grades to keep his scholarship um, at BYU and whatever. So he totally forgets my birthday. Okay. And you're dating. And we're dating, which means I'm (laughs) completely insecure. Right. (laughs) You're not, you're not engaged. No, not married. we're just dating. You're we're dating. dating heading towards engagement, okay. right? Like we're okay. serious You're serious dating. dating. Yeah, for sure. And so all day long, I just was destroyed. I was crushed. Aww. I was like, my life is a lie. This relationship is a lie. Aww. How could, literally the poor guy was up all night just at study groups, trying to get through finals, struggling through, working full time, going to school full time. And I'm the brat sitting there like, he is a monster. He's a monster. Do you know what I'm saying? It was awful. And then at 4 or 5 p.m., he realizes, oh, my gosh, it's her birthday. And he, like, goes and gets a cake and gets all the things. And it feels so bad. But for a minute, I was like, he doesn't even love me. I could never marry someone like that. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine what I would have missed out on? Right. If I had let that thought actually become true. Mm -hmm. I would have missed out on the greatest human being to ever walk the earth because... Poor guy was tired. Okay, don't overemphasize these moments of commercialized love and how people are going to show up for you. Like, it does not matter. What I matters would, is how they show up day to day. Yeah, agree. And I will add that in, a, in the world that we live in, it's probably not a bad idea to stay away from social media 
around holidays if you if are you're triggered. triggered. Absolutely. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, I'm not triggered by that kind of stuff, Me but I, I do understand that's a very, a very for sure reality for a lot of people mm-hmm. is it when they see all of the happy, wonderful, charming memories that are associated with any given holiday and they're not experiencing that, it mm-hmm. really deeply triggers them. So if that is you, just like, let's keep the phone away for a couple of days around right. that holiday and, and move forward in happy ways. Right. Choose peace and happiness. Yeah. Don't choose. Always and, a good idea. And I mean, I'm just going to throw this out there just because I feel like it, it bears a consideration. And if anyone does this, this is not a judgment on you. I'm just, I'm just going to throw this out there. Throw it out there back. Sometimes, um, when people are really into like very showy romantic displays that are exaggerated, a, a lot of times it's an overcompensating for probably something else that's going on that you're unaware of. Yeah. Okay. So just mm-hmm. have that as a thought, like not that judge people like, Oh, look at that. They're good. But just know that there's always two sides to a coin, right? Like if someone is being very this way, it could also mean that or overcompensating or do you get what I'm saying? I do. Like, just and I, consider it. And I know what you're saying, um, is not, in light of wanting to be judgmental not of other people's relationships because it makes you feel better. That is not the point. But do remember that you just, you don't know the full picture. So when you find yourself being triggered by seeing other happy things right. between other couples who seem to have everything going well for them, everyone has their stuff. Everyone's. Don't make assumptions about other people's no. relationships No, and their relationship either. has nothing to do with you. And Correct. let's stop looking outside and let's focus yes. on all these things that Becky's been sharing in this episode. Let's focus on the inward work that you can be working on, that you have totally. control over. And can I yourself. offer a thought with the holidays? What's that? Um, if you know you have a spouse that it's just not their jam and you're working through it, can mm-hmm. I suggest if it's your birthday and you want something to be done on your birthday you also could do it yourself. Mm. I'm being serious. Mm-hmm. Like if I want something really bad for my birthday, Go I will either it. send the direct link to my husband yeah. or I will purchase it for myself uh-huh. <laughs> and I will see how much I love myself and feel so validated in the love that I have for myself Yeah, and love the present that I bought myself. I love it. Okay. You can also meet your own needs that way. Yes, you can. So if on Valentine's day, if you're some, and sometimes we have these like cultural things, like I know some people that are like, I will never waste money on flowers. And that is not something you might get them to budge about because it's such a cultural thing in their heart. Dude. Buy your own self flowers, mm-hmm. okay? Do you love yourself? Buy the flowers. Buy the flowers, okay? Nice. Or buy them for a friend, whatever. There's lots of ways to meet your own needs, okay? Yes. All right, 11. This is, this is a, a good wraparound, okay? Be insanely clear and direct in your communication, okay? So a relationship has to be based on communication and not assumption. So if you, if you think you're being very clear... Like I thought I was being very clear, dropping all those hints about, oh, he definitely will know I'm struggling and definitely know. Okay. Let me, I'm going to give you a good, a good example here. Okay. If you want flowers, let me tell you the way to communicate that. Honey, I'd like you to buy me flowers today. If you're like, oh, what a hard day. And oh, ooh, isn't it? Spring is so beautiful. And like, there's, oh my gosh, I went to Costco today. There were so many cool flowers there. It was amazing. <laughs> isn't that cool, honey? He's going to be like, Oh, she went to Costco. That was cool. He's not going to think she wants flat. Just be clear and direct. You will save yourself so and much your spouse so much time. So Honey, much. I would love you to buy me flowers. I really enjoy flowers. 
if you're going to be like a brat about green spray daisies, make sure you're even more clear. Honey, I love the flowers at Costco. If you're ever going to buy me flowers, I feel like that's a great price point and they're always really beautiful. Pretty straightforward. Because you know what's going to happen? You're going to get Costco flowers. You're going to get what you want. Okay, what if you don't? If you don't, that's okay too. And you can say... You can even say, okay, so say I said to Taylor, today would be a great day to buy me flowers. And because he and I have gone through this for, you know, 18 years of marriage, he knows that I mean Costco, okay? And then he comes home without them. I literally would probably say something like, okay, I asked you for flowers today. Did I communicate that clearly enough or what happened? Again, not making the assumption that he chose to not care about me, but just like, oh, was today not a good day for that? Like you can totally bring that up to him and, and, and make a conversation, be honest about it. Said in another way, I want you to know that this is the narrative in my head that I'm, I've crafted. Mm-hmm. So because I you, thought I was clear in my yeah, communication. I thought it was clear. You came home, you don't have flowers. So now this, this silly narrative is that you really, you just don't care. You just don't think about me during the day. Mm-hmm. And in fact, maybe you're upset with me about something. Please tell me that I'm making this up in right. my head. What's going on here? <laughs> and he probably will say, oh my gosh. I was on a call and I just totally forgot or we didn't have money in the budget for that this week. Right. But you can have that conversation and the honesty can become the love. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I promise nine times out of 10, tell them what you want mm-hmm. and be reasonable. Okay. Be very reasonable and financially responsible and likely you're going to get it. Nice. Okay. Solid. And that is the act of love. The act of love is that they heard you. They listened and they loved you in the way that you asked them to. Mm-hmm. Okay. So be insanely clear. And if you think you're being clear, and they're not doing it, go back and ask them if you're clear and be even more clear. Break it down mm-hmm. and stop thinking it's unromantic because it's not. You know the most romantic thing in the world? Staying married to your spouse. That's <laughs> the most romantic thing in the world. True. Okay, so I wanted to do a little challenge because obviously four days is the big Valentine's Day. No matter what you do for Valentine's Day, I think it is a great time to just be a little more extra loving to your spouse, right? Okay, so this is kind of our challenge is don't underestimate the power of like the written word. Don't underestimate the power of notes, of texts, of affirmations, okay? And we talk a lot about affirmations for yourself, but let's talk and maybe kind of wrap our heads around, and this is a challenge I want to do, is for you guys to just do little things, little written word for your spouse, okay? So like maybe this week, put a sticky note on the mirror that says looking good or something so that they see it when they're getting out of the shower or, you know, when you recognize an act of love or service. So like with David in the dishes, the text that you sent back to Mm -hmm. him, I really appreciated that. That was incredible. Let's just practice for the next four days leading up to Valentine's day, being a little bit more verbally expressive with our spouse, right? Which words of affirmation may or may not be their love language, but it certainly is going to help you to vocalize, to notice more and to help give them the beginnings of a roadmap so that they know what is important to you. Mm -hmm. So isn't that a fun challenge? I love that. We're going to just do little like drop a note or I remember one time Taylor, when we lived in Utah, wrote on my car that was filthy with like salt, Uh like my wife is hot or something, Uh you know, just dumb things like that. And so just maybe this week, focus on leaving little notes, sending text messages, letting them know you're thinking about them in very clear and very, um, unexpected ways, right? Like let's break outside the box. And I'll add specific. Ooh, I love that. The more specific Mm -hmm. that you are, the more meaningful it can be. So saying, Saying, I love you is fine, but saying, I love when you, and you get really specific, 
I don't know. That to me feels more like you put some thought. And it recognizes the the effort that was put forth. Yeah. I appreciate that you did that. I know that was probably hard to rush out of work and to, to -hmm. come home and make sure you were home to help me take the kids to volleyball. I really appreciate that. And I add for Taylor, because one thing I crave in marriage is partnership. I really feel like you're my partner when you do that. Mm -hmm. I feel really like I'm not alone in this. Yeah. Right. And then he has a roadmap, you guys. Yeah. Yay for that. Okay. I want to end with one quote. Yes, ma'am. Okay. This is kind of a negative quote, but this is like what we don't want to happen. Okay. It's from (laughs) Sherry Scott. She says, without good communication, a relationship is merely a hollow vessel carrying you along on a frustrating journey fraught with the perils of confusion, projection, and misunderstanding. I think if we were all to vocalize the darkest moments in relationships, that might be what it sounds like. Mm. You don't want your marriage to be a hollow vessel. You don't want to be a hollow vessel. You don't want to be wrought with perils of confusion and projection and misunderstanding. You just want to be honest. You want to love honestly. You want to receive love honestly. And you want to be honest about where you are at. Totally. So that you can see each other for who and what you are, accept each other, love each other, and be happy Mm. and stay married. That's the goal. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, whether or not the holiday itself is special to you. Beck, I am feeling very excited, very encouraged. I don't want anyone to feel um, defeated, like because they're not doing well with these things that they suck in their relationship. Cause that isn't what it's about. Um, but I, I do want you to take any inkling of that specific inspiration that you guys felt at any point in this past hour and really just work on that application. Totally. And it could be just the invitation that Becky shared at the end. It could be just focusing on the mm-hmm. written word. Or just week. sharing your honest thoughts yes. instead of being cryptic. Right. Or just focusing on the roadmap or mm-hmm. just like literally there were 11 things to choose from. So choose one. Yeah. Choose one and work toward that. But this is going to be a good one to listen back as many times as you need to. It's not a bad, it's not even a bad idea to listen with your spouse. Oh, amen. And hallelujah. I took lots of notes. Send them a text. Taylor and I send each other podcasts all the time. Mm-hmm. And one of my love languages is that he actually listens to this yeah, podcast. So yeah. he does make an effort because uh-huh. I've told him with my mouth, not my imaginary thoughts and <laughs> whatever. Like I've told him with my mouth, it's really important to me that you listen to the podcast oh, and find yeah. value in it. Good and so you. please go find value in it. Yeah. And he does. He does do that for me. Um, not, not perfectly because we're human beings, but, um, do that. Send your, send your spouse a podcast, give them a chance. If you are having a hard time articulating your thoughts, mm-hmm. send them something that does mm-hmm. and say, do you feel that way? Cause I feel that way. Mm, I love it. I love it. I love love. I, I love, love love marriage. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to be peachy, rosy, you know, rainbows and unicorns all about it because we know that marriage is hard work. We can tell you firsthand. Oh, <laughs> what is, it goes back to what I, we say every anniversary. This is the post I do every anniversary. Mm. The most honest thing you can say about marriage is that probably at one time, one or both of you have wanted out and chose not to and chose to have faith in the other person. So if you're feeling that place of like, this is so hard, hang on. Mm-hmm. Work on yourself, do what you can do. It will get better. But sometimes the most loving thing you can do is just simply not leave. Right. And so stick with it. It's worth it. It is worth the hard work. Absolutely. Friends, thank you for carving out the time to listen and for joining us in this continued conversation about cultivating a good life and a better marriage. 
Nothing we have said is more important than the specific things you have felt that are personal for you. We invite you to write down those promptings and most importantly, act on them. We love you. We're cheering you on. We're cheering you on in your marriage. And we look forward to being with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. all the curveballs so that you don't know what you're talking about anymore. I'm going to distract you so bad that you don't even know what your topic was anymore. How about that? It's not going to happen. You can't throw me. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can't throw me Higgins. I can try. Bitch can't do it. Okay. You probably could do it actually. So don't try. <laughs> don't say something. If you said a swears, that would throw me. <laughs> if you dropped a four letter swear word that would for sure I would start laughing and not be able to recover for like at least 15 to 20 minutes if likely you, if you know me well at all you know that I probably don't even have the courage to even try that I think just you would joke. start laughing thinking you were gonna do it oh, so hard that you wouldn't even be able to get it no, out no I would turn red and not I wouldn't be able and to you'd be like oh. <laughs> right you're precious